yards shy of the record. Williams breaks a hole. Williams, hello, record book. Ricky Williams runs to the Hall of Fame. Touchback. Ricky Williams, touchdown. Young from the shotgun. Back to throw. Vince looks. Under pressure. He'll tuck it in run. Vince to the five. Young. Touchdown, Texas. Touchdown, Vince Young. He's done it again. Longhorn Nation, we're back! Hello and welcome to the Longhorn Country Podcast. I am your host, Adam Glick, joined by my co-host and good friend, Michael Gresser. So excited to be here to talk about everything Texas Longhorns to wrap up this collegiate season. Michael, we want the listeners to kind of get to know us just a little bit. So tell me about where you're from and your favorite Texas sporting moment from this season. There were a lot to choose from. There are a lot to choose from. It was a historic season across all Texas sports. My name is Michael Gresser. For those who don't know me, I'm a writer for Longhorn Country. I am from Boston, Massachusetts originally. And my favorite moment of the 2021-2022 collegiate season would have to be the baseball series in East Carolina, the triumphant victory the Longhorns had. Uh, that was a um, surprising victory and one that uh, Longhorn fans are going to remember for a long time. Yes, 100%. And there are a lot of moments to choose from because as we're going to talk about here on the show, just Texas had a banner year and it's all 19 competitive sports D1 around my favorite moment probably would be the win against Virginia Tech in the NCAA basketball tournament. We haven't won an NCAA tournament game in, I think, five years now. So getting over that hump, trying to get to the next stage, the next step under Chris Beard and his new tenure here on the 40 acres, big moment, didn't come up, came up a little short against Purdue, but that is okay. We're building for the future as we're going to get into that talking point in this show mike we're going to talk about three things specifically here on the show today the director's cup win the baseball recap and the football recruiting the arch madness just craziness the impact we're going to get all to that mike i know you're going to be super excited to talk about arch manning and you know all the recruiting needs Mm -hmm. you educate me every single day on it so with that let's jump into our first topic right here the director's cup win so director's cup manage averages the aggregate score of all the college sports and takes the places that you get individually and texas came in first place mm-hmm. they have won back-to-back directors cups they mark off stanford's 25 straight which is phenomenal uh, you know whatever the word you want to use they do it and now they win so i ask you this mike what is the impact of Texas winning the Directors' Cup, not just last year, but now setting that precedent, winning back-to-back seasons? Well, yeah, I mean, the impact uh, is, is astronomical. I mean, Crystal Conte really has the Texas brand at the forefront of everyone's mind. His goal is to make sure that Texas is the top premier athletic program in the nation. That is exactly what he has done these last two years, and he is not showing any signs of slowing down. He, Crystal Conte, he does not put more emphasis on one sport than other sports. He is all in on all 19 D1 sports for Texas, and he has proven that, and he is committed to success across all sports, not just football, not just basketball, not just baseball, the revenue uh, programs, but the non-revenue sports as well, like tennis, track and field, rowing, all those sports. 
he is fully invested in all those sports and is shown with his coaching hires and with the success of those programs. It's really exciting to see. And you might think from an outsider's perspective that Texas sports athletics is not where it should be because the football program is not there yet. But Chris Del Conte believes that in order to bring the football program along, he needs all the athletic programs to come along with it so that Texas can be that biggest brand in college athletics. And that is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, 100%. He is putting Texas sports, not just the ones that, you know, generate profit, as you mentioned, but putting the other sports that don't get enough love and they really should because they've been phenomenal all year long and they're starting to win championships. We won four national titles. We came in six sports, also runner up. So getting second place in that. And we scored in all 19 division one sports that Texas participates in. And you talked about this yesterday with me, Stanford is in 36 mm-hmm. sports yep. and they still did not win with our 19 sports yep. it shows how promising our programs are across the board in every single sport. And so we're going to talk about, Mike, we're building something in baseball and football and basketball, the three major sports you could say on campus here at Texas. So a lot of positives to take away from this. And the last thing is, why is winning so important? And what can we do if we continue to win these Directors' Cups? What can it do just for the school? Well, winning year-round is important just because it attracts the top athletes no matter what the sport is. If you're winning in football, not only is that going to attract athletes to football, but athletes want to come play for big, big big-time sports programs across all sports. So no matter what the program is, if you're winning, that's just going to elevate your entire athletic program altogether. So you do not want to let one sport fall behind while the other sports succeed. You want them all to be on the right track. And that is exactly what Texas is doing under Del Conte. Yeah. And Del Conte has done a fabulous job putting Texas sports at the forefront and in the right direction. So a lot of things to look positive about for Texas as we move on to our next topic of discussion here on the podcast, the Longhorn Country podcast, baseball recap, Mike. Great season. There are some ups and downs like any collegiate season, a lot, a little bit of a roller coaster, but in the end, still very successful year in, year out for Texas baseball. And that was making another trip to Omaha, a 38th appearance, which is the most by any program in baseball. And Mike, by the way, fans and listeners, Mike had to buy a new shirt. Mm-hmm. He had 37. They made their 38th appearance. So new shirt. Hopefully next year he's going to have to buy another one. Mm-hmm. And we continue that trend. But anyway, they're preseason number one, Tanner Witt. One of their top starters goes down for the year. It kind of changes the whole complexion of the team, especially the pitching staff. Other guys have to take big steps. Lucas Gordon was phenomenal this year. Pete Hansen was great, but they didn't have a lot of depth. And the depth of the pitching, I think, costed them once they got to Omaha, as you saw in those first two losses in Omaha with the losing to Notre Dame and Texas A&M. But they made the Big 12 championship. They got hot at the end of the year. They dominated the Austin Regional for the exception of the law tech game, which was a great game, but they won it anyway. And then they go to East Carolina and you said your favorite moment. It really was. How about game two facing elimination down seven, two, and they come back, they win. And then they win a crazy rain delay game that maybe took 15 hours Mm -hmm. until it finished, but it did finish. And Texas had another trip to Omaha. So Mike kind of just your thoughts, your expectations, your final 
the analysis of the Texas baseball season. What did you see? Well, I mean, you're right, Adam. It was a successful season. Anytime that your team can make it to Omaha, mark it as a success, regardless if they win or not. Always the expectation and goal is to win the national championship. And yes, Texas hasn't won since 2005, but just making it to Omaha is a success of it uh, in and of itself. So credit David Pierce and credit this Longhorn baseball program. There were many times throughout this season where I myself, and I know Adam did not think that it would be possible for this team to make it to Omaha. So kudos to them. We saw when Tanner went, went down, how much the bullpen really started to struggle. There were holes throughout the relief and pushing Lucas Gordon into a starting role, you could you could see that this bullpen was headed in the, in the wrong direction, regardless of how well Pete and Lucas Gordon did. And we knew that that would cost them when it came time. But they were able to triumph early on in the tournament in the Austin Regional, in the East Carolina Super Regional. So kudos to them, happy for them. And everything's in front of David Pierce. He's, he's made it to Omaha three out of five times as a Texas baseball head coach. So no Longhorn fan should have any doubts about what he can do for Texas. I have all the confidence in the world that he will get over that final hump, win that first game in Omaha, the most important one, and then go on to win the national championship. I have all the confidence in him, and so should, so should other Longhorn fans. Yeah, and I think it's important to emphasize that now we're setting – that precedent of making it to Omaha. Now we can maybe take that next step mm -hmm. into actually winning some games and advancing in the Omaha bracket, the double elimination. It is hard, as Mike mentioned. You lose that first game, it is impossible basically mm -hmm. to win. And we have not won under hit Pierce's tenure a first game in Omaha. He's 0-3 now since he's been there. So it is really hard, but we are building something, and I think, this Texas baseball team is a lot to look forward to. They're going to have a lot of turnovers we're going to talk about in a second, but they are in the right direction, a lot to be positive about with Texas mm -hmm. baseball 100%. As we move into the transfer portion of Texas baseball, a lot of turnover, as I just mentioned, in the program. They lose a lot of guys, but they've picked up a couple of guys in the transfer portal that I think will be key. Just want to throw out some names out there. They pick up Heston Toll, the reliever from Arkansas, power arm, high K to nine ratio, really good stuff in limited action this year. And they also pick up the catcher from USC, Garrett, not even going to try to pronounce his last name because I will butcher it like crazy, but big pickup considering they're going to lose star catcher Silas Arduan. Mike, talk about what they're going to need to continue to do, as I just mentioned with a couple of names in the transfer portal and kind of the big losses that this team's going to have and going to have to address as well as the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, including the coaching staff, Adam, this Texas baseball team is going to look completely different in 2023. You're going to have to replace all three uh, assistant coaches and uh, they've already replaced two of them. So good there, but there is a ton of turnover that's going to be in the MLB draft and in the transfer portal. You're going to have guys, Star players like Trey Feltini, Salas Arduan, Ivan Melendez, of course, Murphy Staley, pitchers like Pete Hansen that are going to go on to the MLB. So you're going to have to replace a lot of star power there. They brought in some guys like the catcher from USC who's had a lot of experience under his belt. I feel good about him. They brought in the, the pitcher from Arkansas who doesn't have a whole lot of experience, but the times that he did pitch this past year, he was phenomenal. So hopefully that will be good there. I don't think that they're done in the transfer portal whatsoever because they're going to have a lot that they still have to replace. 
replace some key, key roles on this Texas lineup and in the bullpen. So I don't think they're done. But if they can make some some moves, they could be right back there next year. And I think David Pierce has done an excellent job addressing the transfer portal early and getting to it. And I think it will be important as the season progress, before the season progresses and the year gets closer. I think there's a lot to look forward to, but they're going to have to hit the transfer portal hard. So we're going to talk about the football team has definitely hit it hard and have done an exceptional job. But Mike, before we move on to football recruiting, we have to talk about maybe the one of the best ever athletes to come through the Texas program mm-hmm. in any sport in Ivan Melendez. The year he had, I think he had 30-plus home runs, 90-plus RBIs, an on-base percentage of over 500. This is real life. I know you, you might think I'm crazy, but it's true. The city of El Paso, Texas, a city is making his – he has his own month mm-hmm. because he is that special. That is pretty cool to me. And Mike, how old is Ivan Melendez? 20? I think he's 23. 23. Okay. Yeah. So he is 23 and he has the city of El Paso making a whole month in his dedication. So Mike, talk about the impact that Melendez had here at Texas and at home in El Paso, Texas. Yes. Yeah. Well, cheers to El Paso natives. July is now Ivan Melendez month. That was pretty cool to see yesterday. And yes, Ivan Melendez is going to go down as one of the greatest baseball players to ever come through the Texas program. He's going to have his number 17 retired, no question. And it was just fun to watch. Even when Texas was down and they didn't think that they were going to meet their expectations this year, in the back half of the season, Ivan was still cooking every single game. He was knocking them out of the park. So even in those down games where they were dropping 14 to two against air force or other horrible games, you could still count on Ivan to, sh- to put some spark in this team. And, and he was doing that game in game out. So congrats to him. And he's going to have an unbelievable career in the, the MLB. I'm, I'm full confidence. Great that he was able to step into a first baseman role this year. Had he not stepped on onto the uh, in a fielding position, he might see his draft stock a little down, more down than it could be. But now that he's shown that he can be a very reliable fielder, he's going to have a good chance to be in that first or second round in the MLB draft. So looking forward to that. Again, just a historic, historic year, one that probably won't happen again for a long, long time in this uh, Texas baseball program. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I just want to emphasize here is the difference in the ability to get better from last year in 2021. Mm-hmm. He still had a great year, great numbers. Only thir- he had 13 homers, 319 batting average and a 438 on base percentage. And then this year he really emphasized not chasing pitches because of the power that he possesses. Pitchers are not going to always throw you good stuff. So you got to be patient. You got to take your walks when you get them and you, and you, then you look for that pitch, the mistake pitch that the pitchers make. And he capitalized on that the entire year with 32 home runs, 94 RBIs this year, and he got his average up to 387 with an on-base percentage of 508. So just an incredible job, as well as slugging of 863. I can't even do that on my player in 2K for the video game. So pretty (laughs) exceptional for Ivan Melendez to do that, and he'll be remembered forever in the Texas baseball program. And shout out to him for getting dedicated by the city of El Paso. I'm going to be celebrating Ivan Melendez all July. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. We're here and let's enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, at least for Mike, 
football recruiting, mm-hmm. and it is getting closer to the football season. We're getting there, I think, three weeks from actual starting of practices, mm-hmm. getting ready for the fall season. Arch Manning, we know, he commits to the University of Texas. Now, 14 days ago, if I do my math right, I'm not a math major, but I'm pretty sure it was 14 days ago, two weeks to the day. And talk about his talent, not just him, but his impact that he's been able to have on the Texas football recruiting for the 2023 season since he committed. Yeah, well, I'll talk about the talent first before yeah. I get into the impact, Adam. I mean, people like to doubt Arch Manning and say that he's just no one player in the nation just because of his last name, but that is absolutely not the case. He proves it on the field time and time again. He's got the arm talent. He's got the he's got the athleticism. He's got the intelligence. He's he probably has one of the highest football IQs to ever be in a, in a high school quarterback. I mean, his football IQ is just off the charts. His ability to escape pressure and dump the ball off in, in tight situations is, is absolutely phenomenal. So no doubts about his talent. He is well-deservedly of the number one player in the nation. But to the last name, his last name does carry a lot of weight. And that last name is already shown to have an insane amount of impact on the Texas recruiting class and it will have an insane amount of impact for the Texas football program moving forward. He comes from a family that to many is known as the first family of football. Guys like Archie Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, three guys, two of them are already in the Hall of Fame. Eli could very well be in the Hall of Fame for in a few years as well. So this family, they live, breathe and die football. They're all business and everyone knows it. Everyone knows the Mannings, whether you're six years old, whether you're 80 years old, you know who the Mannings are. So when you have a family like that signing off in the future of Steve Sarkeesian, who just went five and seven a year ago, that probably tells a lot of the other elite athletes around the nation that they could maybe sign off in the future of Texas under Steve, Steve Sarkeesian as well, because the family that is all football and knows everything there is possible to know about football, probably more than any other family in America. They signed off in the future. So why don't I sign off in the future as well? And we have seen that impact already. There have been a string of recruits that have committed to Texas since Arch Manning committed, not myself. And I don't think anybody else in America could have predicted that this would have been such a quick impact as it has had. There have been so many commitments. I'm going to talk about a few of them right here. Two days after Arch committed, there was a surprise commit. Leona LaFau out of Hawaii, the number one, line, number one player in Hawaii, is a linebacker. He wasn't really on a lot of people's radar, but out of the blue, he pops, and that, got, that really got the ball rolling. The next day, there were five commitments, four on the offensive line and a wide receiver, Jonah Wilson. So right off the bat, Arch is already building his offense around him. He got – Four enormous humans, not the highest rated guys, but four guys who are going to be coming in behind one of the best offensive line classes in Texas football history. So it's not like any of these four guys are going to be starting for Texas in their first few years in the program. They're going to have a few years to shape their bodies and really kind of mold into what Kyle Flood likes in his offensive lineman before they have a chance to actually start. So no worries about any of those guys. Then, and then it just kept going day after day after day. You had guys like Derek Williams, the five-star safety out of Louisiana. Another guy, probably not on 
the Texas radar if they land Arch Manning. He was he had already had a strong relationship with the Texas defensive staff. But if we don't, if Texas doesn't land Arch Manning, he's probably going to an in-state program like LSU or committing to Alabama. But he land, we land Texas lands the best player in Louisiana. Derek Williams says, "Why don't I join too?" And that's exactly what he did. And then another huge name, Jonte Cook, five-star wide receiver, number one wide receiver in the state of Texas. He has always been very open about the desire to play with Arch Manning at the next level, whether that be at Texas, whether that be at Alabama. Arch chooses Texas, pretty easy decision for Jonte to choose Texas as well. And he is not going to be, him and Jonah Wilson are not going to be the last receivers that want to play with Arch Manning at the next level. And then the most recent guy, Sadir Mitchell, big, big defensive tackle out of New Jersey. He's another guy that probably is not on the Texas radar if they don't land Arch Manning. But Texas gets Manning. Sadir says, okay, Texas might be legit now in a few years. I got to jump in the fold while I still have, while I still can. He commits. He's, he's one of the biggest defensive linemen that Texas has signed in over 20 years. And so he's going to fill a big hole, going to draw a lot of double teams and give opportunities for other guys around him. So another, another huge get. And that's just to name a few. There's going to be other guys that are going to jump in the fold because they know that Texas – is really, really got something going here in Austin. And it's definitely an exciting time for Longhorn fans. Yeah, it really is. And as Mike just did a great job getting in depth with all the recruits that they have gotten, Arch Manning, him committing to Texas has made it possible for these other commits to go to Texas. They wouldn't have come here. They wouldn't have bought in. And as you mentioned, they had went five and seven last mm -hmm. year, and they're still believing in Sark's mm -hmm. vision here at Texas and mm -hmm. Arch Manning at the quarterback helm in a few years. It shows a lot. And you talk about the impact, Mike. I'm not a geography major <laughs> as well as a math major, but you have a guy from Hawaii and you have a guy from New Jersey. They're nowhere close to the state of Texas on my watch. So that shows the impact of how many guys across the country are believing in Arch Manning and how the recruiting, how they can get recruits from any part of the country. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter where they're from, as long as they believe in the Texas vision and the future of this program. And I think there's a lot to look forward to in Texas football's program. Mike, just last thing before we end the show here, just talk about this coming season because mm -hmm. all these recruits, it's so exciting. It's so awesome, but they're not going to be here for this season. Mm -hmm. So what is this team's, this year's team going to have to do, and what are you looking forward to the most for the 2022-2023 football season? Well, what I'm looking forward to the most is to see how well this team rebounds after a historically bad season last year. We expect that they will improve. It's pretty hard not to improve after you go five and seven, but Steve Starkeesian and his staff was able to bring in some big, pretty big names through the transfer portal, most notably Quinn Ewers, but he also brought in some elite guys like Isaiah Nair from Wyoming, Ajay Hall from Alabama, some help on defense like Diamante Tucker Dorsey from James Madison, Ryan Roth from Ohio State. So they're going to be an improved roster, no question. And with that, hopefully comes an improved record as well. And that record is important, not just for this season, but for future seasons as well. You need to have a good record if you want to feel confident that you are going to sign all the guys that you have committed in your class. There could be guys 
that are committed to the Texas 2023 recruiting class right now that may decide they don't want to sign with Texas if they have another down season. What is a down season? It, it depends. You don't know what a, a 17, 18 year old kid is going to think a down season is. You don't know what's going to get them to buy into the future of Texas, regardless if they have Archmanic committed in their class already. So in that sense, it's very important. There's other guys that aren't going to be committed before Texas starts their season that are going to wait until December, until after the season's over to commit that you need a good record on paper and need to show a good product on the field in order to land some of those elite guys. There's guys like Derek Hicks, the number one player in the state of Texas, who probably will not be a Longhorn unless Texas either makes or wins the Big 12. So there's guys like that. So it matters for this class, matters for this season. And of course, it always matters for your future recruiting classes as well. Yeah, so obviously a lot on the line for this season, and hopefully they can have a successful season. There's no specific win total number, mm-hmm. but a, make a bowl game, win a bowl game, have a respectable showing in the Big 12, I mm-hmm. think is really important, and maybe put up a little bit of a fight against Alabama in the mm-hmm. non-conference. Yeah. But the Arch Manning hype, the future of this program, it's real, it's mm-hmm. palpable. I can feel it in my arms running through my veins. I'm excited uh, for this Texas program. We will see what happens. We're going to talk about more of the Texas sports and specifically Texas football on later shows as we get closer to the season. But this was kind of a recap for the first show. So I hope you enjoyed it here for the Longhorn Country podcast for myself, Adam Glick, for Michael Gresser. We will see you next time with more Longhorn football and other sports to talk about. Thanks very much for joining us.